Hey legends, welcome to the show. I am excited to get into this new series of reviews on the podcast. Uh, as you know, we've been going through the uh, collection of Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode by episode, and as well as movies on Friday evenings. So here on Wednesday nights from now on, I'm not going to miss a week for this series because I absolutely love the spin-off to Buffy. It is, of course, Angel. Brilliant, brilliant series, and it starts off with an incredibly strong opening episode. Um, of course, if you were following the Buffy series, Angel left at the end of season three, and uh, I didn't actually catch it on the last review that I heard that day, the opening episode of uh, season four of Buffy. Uh, there's a point where the phone rings in her mother's house, and she answers it, and it connects to this episode here so I'm not exactly sure which way it's running did the Angel episode come before the Buffy episode but uh, in the episode close to the end he does ring lift the phone in his new apartment and uh, he's living in a basement in the series and he, he calls a number and you hear on the other side of the phone Buffy's voice and she's like hello hello but he hangs up the phone so that's the phone call she got and they open an episode of season four of her own show so it is this is class i absolutely love this series i it took me a while to kind of warm up to the angel character in season one of buffy but uh once you get into his standalone episode of that series or well his backstory episode of that series from then on, I really did warm to that character. And, uh, of course, season two brought out probably the best of Angel and the whole Angelus storyline. So um, I was just really curious and excited to get into this series whenever it first came out. And, uh, yes, I actually have the whole collection on VHS of the series. And it's one of those things where... Back in the back in the day, whenever this has been aired, um, I was glad that I actually decided because I was watching them on TV as they came out, and I'm glad I went and I got the box set because there's a couple of episodes, at least a couple of episodes throughout the run of Angel that were not aired in the UK, and uh, it's a more grown up show. There's a couple of episodes where uh, I was probably just deemed too graphic or whatever, whatever the case may be. It's not that the shows were overly graphic, but it is indeed a more grown-up version of this character than we've seen in the Angel series. So it's are they the Buffy series? So it's that's great. So in the opening episode, uh, Angel he sat at a bar in the middle of. Los Angeles and he's uh, pretend to be drunk more or less he's trying to be one of these uh, he's getting on like a waster sitting at the bar essentially and he, he notices f three people leaving the bar with two girls he's been keeping an eye on them and he slides out after them and uh, these guys are saying to the girls okay you know what we're not going to go to the club anymore. We want to party right here. And of course they change on the vampires. And uh, 
Angel comes out still acting drunk and he staggers up and he's like, you know, has anybody seen my car? And it's big and it's shiny. And the vampires are like, you know, piss off, pal, more or less. And uh, yes, the fight breaks out and Angel takes out the two vampires with this. And I can't recall if he actually used this or anybody used this in the, the Buffy series offhand, but he, he drops his two hands to his side and two stakes flip out from his wrists and uh, he stakes the two vampires and the leader of the gang comes at him and hits him over the head with a, like a trash bin can, whatever you want to call it knocks him to the floor and when he gets back up he's himself changed into vampire form and beats the vampire senseless and throws him onto the the bonnet or the hood of a car uh, the two girls that were attacked by the vampires are thanking them for helping them but uh, one of the girls has got a, a gash on her forehead and the blood's running down her face and of course the angel's like you know, get away from me more or less and he's part of this opening episode it does bring up the the question of when was the last time he fed in a human and he mentions that it was Buffy so that is insanely now to think about it that's insanely strong blood that Angel drank there saying that she was the slayer so it's going to leave him with a deep thirst so uh, he stakes the last vampire before he walks off and when he gets back to his new apartment which is below on ground floor office space uh, like a basement apartment there's a guy down there waiting for him an Irish guy called Doyle and he's there and Angel's like you know, who the heck are you more or less and Doyle introduces himself as more or less he's been sent by the powers that be and uh, he's got a mission for Angel and if you not if you did happen to skip into this opening episode and you weren't familiar with the back story of everything that happened in the Buffy series Doyle shares the, the story of the baddest vampire in all the land and uh, we get all these flashbacks of angels and jealous and then Doyle goes through the whole thing about you know when he was the baddest vampire he killed and uh, then he one day was cursed by gypsies and he got his human soul back and then I think this story needs a bit of sex, is my thinking. And sure enough, in comes a girl, and then we get flashbacks of Buffy and whatnot. And then uh, the, the fall from grace of him and Buffy getting together and him losing his soul. And uh, again, all flashbacks as Doyle's telling the story. And Angel's like, well, you know, you've just told me the story of my life, and it's just purely for the viewer. <laughs> That's maybe not familiar with the Buffy series. But he's like, you know, you've just told me the story of my life, so since I was there, I already knew it, so why am I not kicking you out? And Doyle's like, well, because now I'm going to tell you what's going to come next. And he's, he brings up the fact of Angel, when was the last, like he's, you know, you're here, pen of penance in your own little cell. You think you're helping humans, but you're cut off from them. A nameless, faceless champion of the the human race and uh, Angel's like you know, I still see them you know, who cares if I don't stop and chat with them 
And uh, Doyle brings up the fact of or the question, when was the last time you actually drank blood from a human? And the angel's like, Buffy. And of course, as I just said earlier, that's going to leave him with a deep, deep thirst for blood, saying as it was a slayer's blood. And Doyle just pretty much lays it out on the table for him. You know, you know, you're going to save these people, but uh, how long is it going to take before you start to think to yourself, you know, I'm ahead by the numbers. I could eat this one. You know, it's just like, you know, who cares? I'm ahead by the numbers. Um, so they head off. Doyle wants to get a drink. He's uh, your typical wee Irishman. Goes for a <laughs> goes for a bottle. So they're walking the streets and they're talking about Doyle's side here, and uh, he reveals that uh, we all, well we've also discovered at this point that he's half demon, and he says no uh, because he got in the angel's apartment without a invitation. So you know I'm in here without an invite. So you know I'm not a a demon or a vampire, but uh, he sneezes and he turns into this green creature these spikes on his face so he's like i'm very much human on my mother's side but uh he tells angel that uh he was sent by the powers that be and he's not exactly sure who they are but they sent him these visions all he gets is like a name and a face and uh, he doesn't know why he gets them but he knows it's something important people need to be helped out so uh he's there as an agent of good and uh, a guide for Angel in this series, more or less, and, you know, uh, more or less every episode you'll get, Doyle will get a vision, and uh, Angel will go and save the person that's involved in that vision. Uh, the vision he got in this episode was simply just Tina, coffee spot, and uh, a time, and uh, Angel's like, you know, what the heck am I supposed to do with this? And... Doyle's like, well, you're going to have to get in there. High school's over, buddy. You're going to have to make up with the, the grown-up chat here. You know, you're going to have to go and get involved, get into their life, find out what's happening. Uh, so Angel does indeed go there to the coffee spot and he finds this girl, Tina, and uh, she's a waitress in there. She's trying to get some extra hours for work. And Angel's trying his best and he's very awkward trying to small talk and uh, she's like you know you, you don't really hit girls that much do you and he's like it's been a while but uh, she's very untrusting of him and she's like have you been watching me and he's like no no, you were just walking across and I seen you coming through there but uh, he asks her are you happy and she's like "If you, <laughs> that's a big question have you got three hours and he's like do you look busy so he's waiting for her after shift ends. She leaves, comes out, and she pulls a uh, ton of mace on him. And she's about to squirt him in the face. And she's like, I know who you are. I know why you're here. Tell Russell to leave me alone. And Angel's like, you know, who's Russell? So um, he gets through to her by telling her that, you know what? Just, I was in there. You seemed lonely. And... I thought we would have something in common then. So uh, he's a bit of a fish out of water at this point in the series, in this opening episode. So she trusts him enough to let her guard down. And she opens up with a little bit about why she came to LA. She came to be an actress, and but they weren't hiring. 
and she is dressed up. She has to go to a Hollywood party because the girl that was rumbling it has her security deposit. So Angel offers to give her a lift. And at the party, he bumps into good old Cordelia. She pops up in this episode as well, or this series. Now, I did say previous episodes of the podcast that I wasn't sure about Cordelia coming into this series or not because she was always one of those characters where she was either there didn't seem to be much middle ground with Cordelia Chase and the Buffy the whole run of Buffy you either loved her or hated her off the bat and I remember whenever this series was in production and the first reports were coming out from it that uh, Angel was going to be joined by Cordelia I was like oh god why but this turns out to be one of the best decisions in the whole run of the, the Buffyverse what they do with Cordelia and the the four seasons that she's in is phenomenal the character absolutely fall in love with her by the end of this first episode you just you see a different side to Cordelia and it's not the first time you've seen this sort of side to her, but very rarely did you get a glimpse of it in the Buffy series. But they really play into the strengths in this episode. So she has been Cordelia in this opening chat with her and Angel. And she's like, you know, what are you doing here in LA? You know, are you, are you evil? Are you here to kill people? And Angel's like, no, I'm just give a friend a lift. And uh, she says she's there, she's acting, she's living in Malibu, she's a big success, and uh, I need to go and talk to people that are people. So uh, as she walks off, Angel comments to himself, you know, it's great to see that she's grown as a person. So uh, there's a guy, turns up at the the party as well, Stacy, he's called, and he's kind of roughing up Tina, and uh, she breaks away from him, not realising that Angel has seen this and he asks who's this guy and she's like he's just a creep and can believe the girl didn't have the money so while they're leaving they're jumped by a couple of guards more or less uh, heavies that work with this guy Stacey and they try to abduct Tina and uh, Angel fights them off and uh, there's a nice little sequence for <laughs> A bit of comedy where he's running to jump into his convertible car to chase after the car that Tina's in. And he jumps into the, the seat, superhero music and everything playing in the background. He puts the key in to turn on the ignition and the car won't start. And he realises that his own car is sitting like three spaces across. And uh, yeah, so he eventually rescues her from these guys and takes her back to his basement apartment. And uh, she's like, you know, this is the the point where you get the comfort me, you know, it's not like you didn't earn it. And he's like, no, well, this is the place, this is the time where you have a safe place to stay while we figure things out. And she breaks down and, you know, you're, you're just so in the wrong town. You know, it's just, she's that used to being in LA. She said it before in the episode, you know, do yourself a favour, don't stay. Uh, she's just too used to people taking advantage and Angel does indeed say that to her he's, you know, there's enough people taking advantage right now without me doing it <coughs> so they have a, 
a chat in a moment there and she falls asleep on the couch in the apartment and Angel having been told by her that she had a friend that disappeared when she falls asleep he checks her address book in her purse and there's this name that has three different phone numbers that have all been crossed out and he goes to the the library to do a bit of research and eventually finds details and all these murders that are happening and photographs of this girl and she's got a tattoo on her shoulder uh, when he returns he hears moaning and you know, has access to his apartment as through the sewers there's a an entryway in the room itself and uh, he pops up from the, the grate and she's having a nightmare Tina and he wakes her up and calms her down a little bit and he asks that her friend have a tattoo on her shoulder and she says yeah she had a rose so he reveals yes through my research no sorry did I say earlier she had said she had a tattoo she didn't say that she revealed that after Angel mentions it so he's like I think she was murdered uh, this guy preys on young women that have got no families nobody to care about them and uh, that are on their own <clears throat> at which point Tina notices on the desk or on the the coffee table uh, the note of the what Doyle had given Angel with her name and the coffee spot and the time on it and she freaks out you knew who I was when you came in there last night so Angel's caught he doesn't know what to say at this point um, like I had your name it's a long story but she freaks out and makes a run for it you're just as bad as Russell is and she runs to get out of the apartment Angel's chasing her to try and stop her and like you know stop wait just let me explain myself but it's now daylight and uh, as he grabs her by the shoulder to stop her she pulls his hand under the sunlight and of course his hand catches in fire and the, the reaction is that he changes the vampire form so she runs nothing he can do middle of the daytime so when she gets back to her own apartment Russell's there waiting for her turns out he owns the apartment most of the block that she lives on and uh, turns out he's a vampire shock horror eh so uh he has this thing where he won't kill the person until they his thing is just tell me what you want and the person will ask I want to go home and that's what Tina says and when she says that he's like done and he transforms into a vampire and of course bites her so while all this is taking place obviously Angel's tracked down where she lives at but by the time he gets to her apartment Russell's gone she's dead on the floor and uh, a little bit of time passes at night time we kind of <clears throat> we cut to later in the evening at night time whenever the police are there checking out the murder scene and through the window we see Tina on the floor uh, and the zip of the body bag going up around and closing her in and across the street Angel's on top of a building watching so of course he's in full vengeance mode at this point and he wants to track 
this guy Russell down and take revenge for killing Tina. Throughout the episode, while all this is going on, we do get to see what's happening on Russell Winter's side of the thing, the vampire. And uh, he is surrounded by lawyers. He's a businessman, worth a lot of money, living in a huge mansion. And there's this young lawyer, Lindsay, turns out his name is. And uh, I can't recall, as much as I love this series, I can't recall if Lindsay's name was actually brought up in the episode. I don't think it was. But... uh, Yes, of course, the Lindsay's there uh, as a spokesman for Wolfram and Hart, the law firm, which is a name that's going to pop up more times than enough in this series. Um, yes, but we'll get into that in due course. Um, it's interesting what they made the big villain to be in this series. It's Whereas in Buffy, you kind of had like one main storyline throughout single season, one big bad per season, but in the Angel spin-off series, the big bad ran for the entire run of all five seasons of it, although we did have bits and pieces throughout there that could have been split down into like seasonal things as well, but the, the main villains of the piece is this law firm, Wolfram and Hart, but we'll get to that whenever we get to it um, Russell's watching a video that was taken the night of the party where Angel and Cordelia were there with Tina and he's kind of, you know, was kind of sorry to kill her so soon. She really had something about her. And he spots Cordelia on the video and he's like, oh, fresh face. And the, the old Wolfram and Hart lawyer pipes up, you know, should I alert the senior partners that this could be an hour long term investment? And he's like, no, I just want something neat. So while that's going on in the episode, we discover Cordelia's side of the story. What she told Angel wasn't true at the party. She wasn't living in Malibu. She wasn't a successful actor. She's been trying. She's been failing. And she's in her apartment uh, listening to uh, the the answer phone machine. Uh, it's her agent telling her that, you know, they I'm having trouble getting bookings for you. They... Producers are saying they've seen enough of you for now, so uh, just hold tight and I'll get to you when something does come up. And while she's listening to that there, she's she's opening up this uh, little package that she has with her and it turns out to be a few of the sandwiches that were been served at the party earlier that night. So she's that down in her luck. She's taken food from the party she was at just to try and keep herself fed. So down in her luck in a major way. So uh, eventually she gets tracked down by Russell's people and taken to his mansion and uh, at the same time of course Angel's worked out where this guy lives at and he's along with Doyle are going to start their assault on the mansion to take him out and we get a little bit of the commando angel in this here where he's jumping over walls and he's setting up explosive timers in the, the power box of the house to take out the electricity. And uh, while that's happening, not Angel doesn't know it yet, but Cordelia's already in the house talking to Russell. And um, he's still trying to set up this thing where he just wants them to tell him what they want before he kills them. 
and uh, you know he's going through the whole thing how are you getting on and LA and uh, Cordelia kind of doesn't break down but she's close to it and she's like no it's not everything that I hoped that it would be and uh, Russell he's trying to push the the kill switch more or less his little kill switch where it's like you know just uh, what do you want Cordy even ask what do you want me to do and uh, he's just like well just tell me what you want but before she does she's just on the verge of saying what she needs or what she wants and uh she turns into full Cordelia mode for a, a few moments and she's like, oh, look at me, I'm getting weepy in front of you, and you know, I'm looking really scary and she gets up and she's dabbing her eyes and she's looking around the house and she's like, you know, it's not every day I get invited to somewhere so nice with no mirrors and lots of curtains. Then it dawns on her that, hey, you're a vampire. And of course, Cordelia, but Cordelia, she doesn't keep this thought there herself. She blurts it out. She's like, oh, you're a vampire. And he's like, no, I'm not. He's like, I'm from Sunnydale. We had our own hell mouth. I'm pretty sure I know whenever I'm, not, whenever I'm stuck and alone in the vampire's lair. And she starts to freak out then whenever she is verbalizing the fact that she's screwed at this point. So she runs from him and uh, just as he catches up on her in the mansion, the explosive charge goes off, knocks out the electric box and Angel appears. And he's like, I've got a message for you from Tina. And uh, Russell's like, and it's interesting to say now that Russell, whenever he changes the vampire form, he's a lot different than most of the vampires I've seen at this point. He's not your regular vampire. He's more green in tone of the face. He's a bit more bumpy in the face. And uh, it's obvious that he's been a vampire for a long, long time. Like It doesn't say in this episode how old he is but he's obviously I would say probably four to five hundred years old I'm just off the top of my mind just going by the changes that you see in vampires throughout the run of the whole series how they, they change more and more as they get older um, so uh, he doesn't know who Angel is and Cordelia is kind of like oh you don't know who he is you're about to get your ass kicked so Russell and Angel fight uh, not a massive fight a uh, few slaps, few punches, a few kicks before his armed guards turn up and of course Angel sees these guys coming with the guns drawn and he jumps to cover Cordelia from the gunshot so he takes one on the shoulder two or three rounds in the back as he grabs hold of Cordelia and jumps off the top banister of the top floor down onto the 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 opening doorway of the house and they make a run for it and uh, Doyle is outside waiting for them and they make their escape so we cut over to Angel's apartment and Doyle's doing his best to dig out the, the gunshots from his chest and Cordelia's patching Angel up and she's like you know I'm not I'm not going to hear from this Russell guy again like he put the fear of God on him and he's not going to come looking for me is he at which point, they're like, you know what, if Russell wants to find you, he's going to find you. We worked that out from Tina earlier on in the episode. So the following morning, at Russell Winter's Enterprises, this guy is worth a fortune. Um, he's in the his office up on the top floor of this building, and uh, they're having a 
board meeting more or less with a few people sitting there and of course this little lawyer from Wolfram and Hart is sitting there and he's telling Russell that you know uh, the, the local police have got no track of this guy that broke into your house but we've got a, a few high class private investigators working the case to try and figure out where he is located at and at that point Angel busts through the the door under the office uh, and Russell's like I think we've found him so uh, they have a verbal confrontation in the, the office not so much heated argument but Russell's more or less just setting it down you know this is LA we don't go around fighting with each other and Angel's like I'm new here and Russell's like here look at me you know I pay my taxes, I keep my name out of the paper, I don't make waves, and in return I can do whatever the hell I want. At which point Angel puts his foot onto the seat that Russell's sitting on, just in between Russell's legs. And uh, Angel leans on towards him and he says, Can you fly? And he gives him a massive push, puts him through the window of the top floor of the building and Russell drops to the ground of course he's a vampire he's going to burn up before he hits the ground and all we see is the empty chair hitting the, the sidewalk at which point Angel leaves the office before sticking the little business card that the lawyer gave him he was the first one to confront Angel coming into the, the boardroom uh, he's like I represent Wolfram and Hart our client has never been accused and never will be convicted of any crime so uh you know there's something sinister to this guy and this Wolfram and Hart crowd. And as Angel leaves, uh, the little lawyer gets on the phone and sets up a meeting with whoever's on the other end of the phone. He's like, no, don't worry about it. It's not. Don't bother the senior partners with this yet. We've got a new player in town. So at the end of the episode, back at Angel headquarters, we have that little sequence where he lifts the phone to call Buffy and uh, the tie-up to that season one episode of Buffy. And uh, Doyle is there and he's like, you know, are you okay? And Angel's like, well, I killed the vampire, it didn't help anybody. Doyle's like, you know, are you sure about that? Because there's a woman up the stairs that's as happy as can be. And of course... They hear Cordelia freaking out and she's seen a cockroach up in the, the office block above the apartment. And she's like, you know what? What we need to do is clean this place up and call a sign painter. You know, Doyle filled me in on your little mission. And, you know, we can maybe charge people. And, uh, you know, on a case-by-case basis and uh, with me working at a, with a flat rate so she's assuming a lot at the end of this episode but uh, she we get that little deep moment of Cordelia at the end that little tender moment where she blurts out all these ideas as the hardcore Cordelia and you know handing out the rules and whatnot. We should do this, we should do that, we should do the other, we should charge people then you can pay me and then she's like you know if you think you can use me. And it's just, it's a nice little moment. It's well acted by Charisma Carpenter. She's flipping fantastic in this series. Really come under her own in this run of Angel. But uh, Angel simply hands her an empty box at the end of the episode and she starts to clean up the office and Doyle is like, you know, you made a good decision there. She'll, make a, she'll give you a connection to the real world. And uh, 
but you can use a lot of help are you game and we get a little closing sequence where angels on top of the building looking at, looking out across the city at night time and you hear this little voice over for him at the end saying I'm game absolutely fantastic little episode here there's just oh, it was one of these shows where it was a joy to watch when it came out at a certain point I stopped watching them on TV and waited for the box sets just so I could binge the absolute crap out of them because uh, as I said the in the UK here I'm over in Northern Ireland here it's part of the UK and season 1 I do believe it was an episode in season 1 now when I say there's a few episodes I'm pretty sure haven't seen all the seasons at this point there's a few episodes on there that probably weren't aired in the UK because of this one in the season 1 box set that I know for a fact wasn't aired in the UK I can't recall the name of the title of the episode but when we get to it I will let you know about it but uh, yeah once I got into that box set that well we're talking VHS box sets here you didn't get the entire season in one go you got half the season then you had to wait a couple of months for the second part of the season but uh, I think after season 1 and I watched the the box sets more times than enough. Um, as soon as we got to season two, I just gave up watching it on TV and just waited for the box set to come out. Then we just me and a couple of friends would sit down that were into the show. I would get the box set from a collection, and we would sit down on a Saturday when the box set came on, and we would literally from morning to evening watch that entire run of episodes in the one day. Absolutely brilliant times. Um, yes, I've been a lifelong nerd, but uh, this episode, a fantastic opener. This series is absolutely fantastic, and there's a lot of high moments in this series. And uh, yes, I can't say enough good things about it, but I'm biased. I really do. Uh, I really did take to the Angel character, as I say, from probably. The episode in season one of Buffy that was titled Angel, from that one on, I thought, okay, he's not as annoying as I thought he was. There's depth to this character. It'd be good to see if he could flesh this out a bit more. We didn't really get that in Buffy, but we do get it in the Angel series and Spades. And uh, yeah, there's a nice little cliffhanger at the end of season one, but we're jumping way ahead of shit now. So, uh... That's going to do it for this episode, guys. I didn't think I was going to be chatting as long about this episode as I have, but as I say, absolutely fantastic. Got a lot of time for this show. So I'm definitely not going to be missing the episodes for... Gosh, what is it? There's probably like 100 plus episodes this year, so you're definitely going to be getting 100 weeks in a row without a gap. Maybe biting off more than I can chew there, because it is literally now that the Angel reviews have started. It's a free episode week for Hellmouth Hotline, but I'm going to do my best to stick up with it, or to stay up with it, because, ah, oh, good times. Anyway, guys, that's going to do it for me. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please rate and review it. Let me know what you think in the email, hellmouthhotline.gmail.com. And uh, until the next episode, this has been your host, Rodney Stewart. Uh, stay safe, and I'll talk to you in the next one. This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Thank you so much for listening.